Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana and today's episode number 10, Family Grown Faith, is a very special one as I'm sitting down with my very own big sister Daniela to explore our experiences of how the family unit can impact a young person's faith journey. Growing up in the same family as siblings, Daniela and I had a lot of similar faith-based experiences but we also explored different paths in life, such as schools, study, careers that have really shaped us. And today we're going to reflect and share some of the top moments that shaped our faith as young people. So whether you're a parent who's curious to know how you can help cultivate the faith of your young ones, or maybe you are the young one wanting to connect with your siblings about faith, we hope that you find this conversation insightful. So let's jump in. Hi, Daniela. Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Hi, Juliana. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so good to be here with you today. Not often that I get a chance just to hang out with my sister at work. So thanks for coming on. I know. And this is my first podcast. So I have to say, hi, mum. Hi, dad. <laughs> Big <laughs> I'm on the wireless. <laughs> Please be proud of us. <laughs> I'm sure they're tuning in attentively or I'll show dad how to get Spotify later. So <laughs> we'll work. We'll work out the check stuff later to get to them. Um, so we usually kick off um, this podcast by asking the guests to introduce themselves and a bit of their youth ministry journey. But I thought we could switch things up a bit today. Mm. Okay, how about I try introducing you and your sort of youth ministry highlight and then you can have a go introducing me. Sure, let's try. (laughs) This could go either way. (laughs) But I'm here for it. Okay, so um, this is Daniela Hocking, my big sister. Um, She's a wife to Brad and mother to four gorgeous little girls. Um, She's got a bit of a Pride and Prejudice moment happening there. Four girls between the ages of one and nine. Um, she's a physiotherapist by trade um, and a mum as well and has been yeah involved in different youth ministry things over the years um, and was leading youth ministry at our parish growing up. Um, and sort of the highlight for me, it's a little sad that this was the main thing that stuck out, but <laughs> I was very lucky that I got to go to World Youth Day in Sydney in 2008. Um, I was a minor at the time, so my like... 18-year-old big sister who had been 18 for about two seconds um, could be my chaperone. And one memory I have is that um, you were just really excited to meet different people from different countries, especially Latin American countries. And you're like, we need to find a Latino that can dance salsa with me. And that was like, we'd go to all these events and you're like, can, can you find any Latinos that dance? And, and we did. I think at Circular Key at Sydney, we found some Latinos. That's right. I yeah, had a bit forgotten. of a boogie. And I think like 15 year old me was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know where to look. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and hey, that was just, you know, evangelizing and connecting with people from other nations. Yes, multicultural. Through, through the, the art of salsa. So <laughs> that was a great youth ministry moment. I'm sure you've got other highlights, but that's what's that for me. That's lovely. What a good story. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to have a go at introducing me? So let's try. Um, this is Juliana and um, she's married to Rodrigo. Been married for nearly a year now. Nearly a year. Yeah. yeah. That's been a beautiful journey to see um, play out. Um, I think a big highlight, well, I guess uh, the main thing that stands out in um, your youth ministry, if you want to call it that, was having done missionary work mm. overseas. I mean, that's the big one. I'm not sure how much you've discussed on these channels about... Well, you your, haven't listened yet. No, I haven't. You <laughs> I need haven't to do... actually tuned in. You have to help me with Spotify as well. I'm the oldest sister. 
That's what the youth are here for. Yeah, exactly. Technology is the future. I think, um, but even like reflecting on your journey, having um, a lot of experience in your high school, I was super impressed. Juliana went to a Catholic high school, Sacred Heart, whereas I didn't. And um, I think there was, a, a, I guess, a big difference for me there because I didn't, ha- I, being at a public school, I didn't have those mm. opportunities like you did um, to do missionary work. And, um, you know, so you spending time in the Northern Territory, you being involved with local programs, doing missionary work there. I was just super impressed that as such a young person, you were doing so many tangible and um, life changing things um, with your faith and, and with the community, which was really impressive. And I suppose that led very naturally into your time then doing missionary work through the Marists as well. And what a journey that was, your growth in that time and what you did and... Um, yeah, such a big commitment, you know, spending years in that program, um, time in Brazil, in like Amazon and also in America, mm. in like, you know, um, it was East Harlem, wasn't it? Yeah, East Harlem. East Harlem, yeah. yeah, working with communities there. Yeah, that was, you know, a huge thing. I've never known someone so young to do so much, so. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if that's what you, well, what else hey. did I for an intro? This I went with the embarrassing, you went with sweet. So we're <laughs> going to cut that off before you jump on the bandwagon. Okay. But I love that we did that pretty well. Like I think both, both of our husbands work in engineering sort of IT fields yes. that we have no clue about. So it's hilarious <laughs> that if we were, had to introduce our husbands, I think we'd really struggle. That's true actually. <laughs> but like with each other, we're like, yeah, no, I got this. Yeah. So um, <laughs> sister power for it. And that really sort of ties in a lot with what we're going to talk about today that you know we've had the same sort of um family faith formation Mm. um but you know we went to different schools did different things had different interests so really having a look a bit of a retrospective look at um you know things in our life that we can tease out Mm -hmm. and and see that were good points along the way because let's be honest we're on the older side of what's considered youth so hey I'm just pleased to be considered youth like <laughs> I'm just clawing on <laughs> just let me hang on hang on to the last well it's huge like the church considers it you know um there's different people who say different things but it can range from 12 years old to 35 is sort of what you see cropping up most as the definition yes um so basically like the, the 35 year olds are, could be parents of the 12 year olds so it's um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a you know a really large gap and um you know lots of different stages along that way um so I feel like we can sort of be the the veteran kind of youth so we can impart yes. our knowledge the wise youth <laughs> the wise youth <laughs> oh goodness this is gonna go either way um so kind of the inspiration for today's conversation you know as part of my role here working in youth ministry I've had great opportunities to meet different youth groups and their support mm people and I was once asked by a parent um how did your family help foster your faith and Mm. yeah that was a that was a tricky question um but it but it was really great because it helped me have a think about my own story and our family's story so I thought it could be a bit insightful today to explore our faith stories as siblings growing up in the same family Mm. um and although it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of you know each family each person each you know situation is different 
um, I'm curious to see what points come out. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely a first for us. Yeah, I'm interested to hear how this goes. Yeah. We haven't had these chats, really. We haven't had this exact chat. So I feel like it could be either really good or not so good. Um, but hey, at least we get to hang out, right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. <laughs> cool. Um, so let's jump in a bit. Um, so I thought we could have maybe a bit of a ping pong situation happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a think. In no particular order, let's just share some of our top moments that shared our faith as younger young people Mm. um you know thinking back to when we were a little bit younger um and those moments it could be um you know opportunities experiences actual moments or relationships people Mm. um so would you like to go first or should i go first yeah sure i mean since you you know, brought up the concept of us doing this. I have had a little reflect on it and trying to, you know, at the time things might happen and you don't realise the significance of them. But in retrospect, it's like, oh, actually that was a pivotal point or, you know, things stand out, which maybe at the time you didn't realise what impact it was having. I suppose in terms of my own faith, uh, the significant, the, the, the real significant part is when you go from, you know, having been brought up in a Catholic family, you go from following in um, your parents' footsteps to then actually deciding to independently establish and foster your own faith, your own relationship with God and um, really embracing that quite independently. So for me, I think it was probably at the end of year 12, I remember um, finally finishing school, having holidays, like so much free time that I hadn't really um, had before and you know, at the end of year 12, a teacher just happened to mention to me um, a book, uh, a C.S. Lewis book called The Screwtape Letters. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. Like, it, I, you know, I hadn't really read like religious based texts on my own or anything like that. But I just remember having finished year 12, um, having time to myself, catching the bus down to the beach uh, a lot of days and just reading. And um, to me, that was sort of the first real chance I'd had to explore things on my own and pursue things because I wanted to and and establish my own faith relationship um so isn't it funny just to think that a comment a teacher made about a book um actually was a bit of a catalyst for me to go okay this is something I'll investigate on my own um and And just to clarify that was from you went to a public school I did yeah the the big I've got to say the big nerd school the Australian science and mathematics school for those who represent represent. (laughs) so um yeah that's the bit of a nerd name but Mm. hey um it served you well so yeah just a teacher offhandly said that comment and that sort of yeah I wish I remembered the conversation better but um she was she had her own faith as well and um knew that I did too so um she'd offered that to me I guess as like something she thought I might find useful amazing yeah. that's so and two things really strike out to me that you know um in accompanying young people like those simple moments can be so pivotal like we often put a lot of time and energy and effort into programs mm. and structured things yeah which you know are amazing we need to keep doing that but we maybe just stop and think of those little inconsequential little interactions that really can sort of encourage someone yeah as well as the need for creativity like c.s lewis you know himself to you know have that capability to to write those books um oh, that yeah. inspire people so if someone's out there with a creative you know mind and things like mm. that to really encourage those skills in young people because those can be the real 
important steps in in people's lives to connect yeah Yeah, absolutely I yeah totally agree with what you said there yeah so cool oh interesting for you that having that space for you to choose yourself to explore something yes I didn't know that I didn't know that about you yeah Yeah. I I feel like that was one one thing that certainly played played an important role and probably the other thing was prior to that was um just friends encouraging involvement in church youth activities yes. so you know there were certain youth programs available at church um and just friends saying hey come along and you know that simple act I think was also quite pivotal like to expose me to these sort of things and now having children as well I can see how important it is um in their faith as well like you know going to church is one thing but actually having community um and being able to explore faith in a different way outside of church um, I think is really enriching for for them. I can see that already playing out. Yeah, amazing. And that's um actually the same point that I had coming up. Okay. So a big part of me um growing up as a young person was feeling welcome and part of a community of mm. a faith community. Um, you know, both uh, you know I, I differed and went to a Catholic school, so I had that there, but also in a, a home parish community. And a real major thing was having other young people around sort of following that and encouraging each other for sure um and it doesn't have like it wasn't necessarily like hundreds of young people there was probably a core group of maybe 10 or so yeah um but even in in those sort of fewer numbers um just rocking up making that effort people will make the effort to say hi after church or Mm. if you know ran into each other at the supermarket or something um to feel welcome and part of that that Mm. community so of course, there were great programs attached to that, um, but that base level of, you know, you're going to church, someone says hi to you, um, you can connect a little bit and you feel, okay, this is where I, where I belong. I feel encouraged in that. So, mm. yeah, that's that's one thing that I am, upon reflection, really stood out to me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes me appreciate now how important um, having access to that community and to that um, youth-specific group sort of thing yeah Yeah. how how important that is yeah absolutely okay what's your next point yeah so I think um not so surprisingly so after um after I'd finished high school I started going out with my now husband um spoiler alert yeah (laughs) (laughs) they lived happily ever after (laughs) um and so he had uh no faith background um himself and it was actually um you know, in, in loving someone who didn't have faith and wanting to explore and share and explain that to someone, which I think, to be honest, actually caused the greatest growth in my faith. And luckily, I think we're both quiet. Like we, we enjoy the intellectual side of things like catechesis and um, theology and, you know, those that, that aspect of the faith. nerd thing sorry yeah, <laughs> just more or less <laughs> yeah actually like having a, a a deep understanding of the nitty-gritty um for me that really revealed God and um exploring that with him you know him having all these questions and me feeling really uh inspired and enthusiastic to find answers you know it caused a lot of growth for, for me um and that was probably the biggest the, like the steepest curve, part of the curve, I guess, in my fo- faith yeah. growth was actually having someone who was questioning and, you know, required me to find out answers to these questions and it allowed us to, to grow in that. And, um, yeah, th- that that was a really cool way, I think, to, to have that growth. So once again, you know, 
starting up a relationship with someone who doesn't have faith, you wouldn't necessarily plan that as like a really faith, um, how would you say, like faith developing action. Yes, yeah. Um, but it was, it really was. It allowed for a lot of growth and for both of us, which was special. Yeah, and I, at that time, um, you know, I was <laughs> a younger young person um, when you were going through that. And, you know, beyond our church community, beyond our um, faith community and family community, I actually found that a, a big point for me that um, through your school, you had a, a lot of diverse friends. Like, I remember it was the first time I'd met through you, like a Jewish person, a Muslim mm. person, Orthodox, um, mm. people of no faith. Um, and so instead of that being like, oh, no, we can't, you know, engage or that might test us, that that was actually really sort of impressionable on me. Um, to to connect with people from different backgrounds and yeah. to encourage each other, like it was, oh, you know, definitely. those those other people from different faiths were really practicing their faiths, and in a way that also encouraged. I don't know. I felt that encouraging, like, oh, there are other young people, you know, um, you know, practicing religion and mm. and getting into it, um, and so we can all encourage each other in different ways. So that's something yes. that really stood out that I think you got from going to um, a public school and being exposed to sort of a, a, a different um, pool of, of young people. And yes, yeah, that it. stood out to me. That's yeah. interesting because it's certainly, I, I felt like being in that um, public school setting and having such a diverse background, which I'm sure you'd get in a private school anyway, yes. but it was, a, it was definitely a very diverse background, um, you know, of the friends that I had. And I found it, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't a hindrance to faith. It was certainly conducive. Yeah. And um, it's interesting to hear that you've picked up on that too, that you had that um, impression from it as well. Absolutely. And probably conversely, in my experience going to a Catholic school, I was, you know, really on fire for social justice mm. and other sort of advocacy things. And um, going to a Catholic school allowed me to to explore that. Um, yes. And I had really great mentors and, and, and people that, helped me explore that and gave me the the language for it and connecting that to faith um that kind of went hand in hand so Mm. yeah we had different experiences but both sort of maybe spurred on our faith in in a different way Mm. um and that's one thing that did really stick out was having um other mentors in that spoke into my life and would raise the bar like um you know both in school and in church you know outside of family but other people who said, oh, you know, would be able to call out, oh, you're good at this, you could do this, or have you have you thought of this, mm. um, or, you know, or challenge me like, hey, do you, would you come to this, you know, thing on the weekend? I think you'd really be good at it. So I didn't – I felt um, welcome and part of the community, but it was this sort of extra step of, you know, you're passionate about social justice and things or whatnot. This is the next step that you can go to and I'm going to encourage yeah. you to do that. Because um, sometimes we can maybe undermine young people or think, oh, no, they've got, you know, too many things on, you know, there's, there's sports and studies and things. But actually having people who could speak life into me and maybe mm. see where my skills and talents were and say, hey, I reckon you can go to the next thing. I reckon, yeah. Yeah. You give that a go. So that that looking back, um, and that was both you know, faith and leadership development, like maybe helping out on retreats or or getting behind some social justice initiatives, or you know, even recently, like hey, you can be a reader at church. I'm like, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> you know, so um, 
sometimes we do get caught up on, on the structures and things, but, you know, if you have that moment that you can speak life into a young person and maybe set the bar and be like, hey, you know, I reckon you could do this, um, mm. kind of gives that encouragement. So I, I have heard recently that um, there was some research done with volunteers and people who don't volunteer, especially youth, and trying to look into the reasons why someone isn't volunteering or why they are. Mm. And I think it, I'm pretty sure it was like a majority of the people who weren't volunteering. It wasn't because of lack of time or lack of anything, but their response was that no one's asked me to. Yes. That was yeah. actually what came out when they were doing research on this sort of thing, just to say actually maybe we just need people to um, call on other people as well. Oh, yes. You just saying that reminded me of, yeah, learning that and being like, oh, it, it does make sense, but, yeah, it's so important. And this is about, this is actually how I got involved, um, you know, when I was in uni I was involved in Vinnie's mm. and the only reason I got involved, and this is embarrassing but also funny, demonstrates this, that I had a friend at youth group, shout out to Daniel, who was involved in Vinnie's on the weekend and one night he said, oh, what are you doing on Saturday morning? And I thought, yes, you know, someone wants to go get brunch. I love brunch. Um, and he said, oh, great, you're free. Can you come help me at Vinnie's? I don't know, like, we don't have any other volunteers. And so he kind of wrote me in that way. But yeah. um yeah, from there, loved it. So, yeah, that reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I think you'd be good at this or I think you'd like this. He wanted to give it a go. That's mm. a great, great tip. Yeah, yeah. So today we're talking about family grown faith. So I'd love to touch on a little bit of, uh, you know, personal family um, story and how that's um, helped in our faith journey. Um, so one, reflecting on that, one major thing that stood out for me was sort of the consistency, support and encouragement of our parents. Mm. Um, you know, throughout the years, they'd be really encouraging and supportive for us to, to go to church, to go to youth groups, um, to go to World Youth Day in Sydney together. And probably at a time when you're teenagers and, you know, you don't necessarily want to listen to what your parents have to say they really sort of I'm really grateful how they were still able to sort of support us in that like you know just being really encouraging you know sometimes something as simple as hey do your friends want to come here after school you know before you go do that thing or oh great I'll drive you to that thing um that that group thing so yeah maybe a bit of an encouragement for parents that you know you might be at a stage where you know your kids don't necessarily want to hold your hand doing things but they don't want to hear it from you you don't want to hear it from you but yeah just that sort of you know keep at it that ongoing support um and encouragement really sort of gave me the wings to be able to do these things where I was able to grow and Mm. also having other family and community come into it I often in my work meet a lot of older people or elderly people who love their young people and you know want to really encourage them in their faith and are often quite you know faithful spiritual people themselves but find maybe a bit of a disconnect between the generations um so yeah just a bit of peace and encouragement in reflecting on this for me a lot of family members stick out absolutely but probably one I want to talk about is um uh, our grandmother uh, Orma um, who was from Germany and wasn't actually Catholic, but was a very um, faithful Lutheran woman. Um, and just having an older generation who, you know, lived her faith with a lot of uh, joy and, and love was really encouraging. Like, yeah. you know, uh, at any time we'd have like a first communion or something, she'd be, you know, there at the church early front row cheering mm-hmm. us on. Um, so, yeah, just, f- just looking back for me, it was 
both having those young people supporting me at church or being part of that community, but sort of the older people as well. Like you do need that intergenerational mm. sort of support and encouragement. Um, does that stand out to you? I think so. And um, yeah, how beautiful to see faith in different generations as well. I, I, it's interesting. I feel like in some ways there can be a bit of a disconnect with maybe like a, a youthful um, faith, how, how we approach things now and how things were approached or how people approach their faith maybe generations ago. There's certainly that fire and brimstone, you know, yes, a lot you know, of fear, you know. Um, Latin chucked in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. different yeah. other superstitions and things like that, which don't really have a focus or necessarily resonate well with um, faith life of young people today. Having said that, I think um, it's really lovely to see how, how faith and how Jesus and um, God can work through those generational differences um, to still have his message and um, his faith grow through yeah. generations. So I, I suppose I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying this well, but I guess what I want to say is that even though I might approach my faith quite differently to how, so thinking of my nonna who I have now, we might approach faith quite differently in terms of what's important or how we live out our relationship with God. But I wouldn't have my faith without her having hers. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the only reason I got exposed really to the Catholic Church or, you know, had that as part of our family uh, tradition um, was through her. I can see how God's worked through that and how I, I've received my faith really through through her and through the faith that she has. So and I the think people before her as well. Like, well, exactly. And of course, like faith in 1940s, Italy, small village, yeah. is very different from, you know, 2023 uh, faith in, you know, a ch- church life in Adelaide. But yeah, just being so th- grateful, you know, the generations before us who've kept faith and wanting to pass it on, like God's working through that. Is that sort of what you're definitely to say? It, yeah. it is lovely to see how God is working through that because I think it's easy maybe sometimes to, to write off, I guess, um, older approaches to faith and be like well it's not about fear and it's not about this and that even with that you know that faith is used to plant seeds and to grow future generations and it's nice to reconcile the um the modern faith that we have now with faith of generations ago and say actually even though they might be quite different in their approach um there's still connect there there's still value and that faith is rich in, in how it's been able to, to grow the faith of mm. the young people today. Yeah, and God's working through that. Yeah, yeah. And working through us and who knows. Well, and yeah. who knows what the generations to come will be like and how Absolutely. we'll um, play into that, but – you know, despite differences, God's working through it all. I suppose that's the message. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that takes the pressure off. Like, yeah. you know, I meet a lot of families and a, a, a lot of um, different groups, supports of young people who really wanting to pass on on faith, you know, just give that gift and give that gift um, in their lives. Um, but yeah, the, there's that element that sometimes we don't emphasize as much because we just want it to, we just want it to flow. Mm. But um, God's in charge of that. And it's all part of the story. And, you know, which school should you go to? Which group should you go to? You know, is there a liturgical activity that's going to make a difference? Well, probably not necessarily, but trusting God's journey in that and maybe having some of those elements like having other youth around. And maybe that can be hard. Like, honestly, even as a young person in church, I have to make that effort if, like, kind of like your kids at the playground. Like, they mm. see someone who's probably about their size, like, on the swing, and they go, yep, okay, I can play with that kid, you know? Yeah. You kind of have to do the same in church. Like, okay, that person kind of looks around my age. Maybe I just go say hi, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's 
kind of on the onus of the young person or maybe with some encouragement of um, their supports, you know, to do that, to create that friendly, welcoming community where you feel part of and to have, um, you know, your parents and and other generations speaking life into it. Like it really is Mm. sort of like a whole village Mm. mentality. Um, And, yeah, even though we – the programs and everything have been amazing in my life, but those little little nudges like your teacher – telling yeah. you about that book um yeah don't write off those things that even sure. the small comments can can make a big impact on people I agree so one thing that comes to mind with you having said that you know I had my first child and for others who've maybe gone through that experience it's this really overwhelming thing where I don't know I'm not sure if I'm the only one here but I found myself feeling like I was opposite ends of the spectrum at the same time. Like at the same time, I'd feel like I was too strict and not strict enough. And, you know, like, (laughs) you know, yeah, basically in so many ways, I felt like I wasn't sure how I was meant to be and what I was meant to be like as a parent um, and how I was meant to, like what I was meant to encourage encourage, um, necessarily. So I had a chat with a a, a nun and she was saying that, um, you know, as as a parent – you need to view your child as like an arrow and you can be like the bow. Yes. But God is the archer. Yeah. So they don't need you to work out what direction to aim for, what target to go for. You just need to be the strong foundation to allow God to use you as the bow to be able to launch that child to wherever they need to be. Mm. And I really love that um, and I still hold on to that quite fondly that concept of, okay, I don't need to have everything mapped out and I don't need to be responsible for that. I just need to try and be a good foundation and through that God can work and then do what needs to be done. But it's not on me to try and navigate that. And it's a lovely thing to be able to relinquish that control and to put that faith in God and say, okay, this is on you and I'll do what I can do, but I'm not going to try and uh, hold the reins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I... I think we all need a bit of encouragement in that sometimes. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. And that actually ties in perfectly with our final question for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering, before I let you go, I'd love to know, now as a mum of little ones, mm. what are your hopes for the future faith engagement of your kids, you know, when they hit their teen and young adult years? Yeah. Oh, look, I think the biggest desire in my heart is just that they're able to know God's love in their life. Mm. Um, and... I try and pray that with them and I hope that they know really that um, God is love and that they can feel that love and they can show that love and, and be an example of that love to others. That's that's the whole thing, right? That's that's what you're wanting for your kids. And I don't know how that'll look um, and I don't know exactly how I'm meant to foster that, but that's that's the foundation I'd say. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that plays out in the future, but... Um, I can certainly see that it's not going to be just on me. It's the whole community. It, yeah. It's um, other people around them and your parent can tell you that they love you and you'll believe them. But to have, you know, other people, other adults engaging with my children, I can already see that, you know. Like having such a cool auntie. Yeah, exactly. The cool auntie is the, the pinnacle of the childhood existence. <laughs> um, certainly having other people who engage with them, not because they're a parent and you know they need to there's no obligation but who engage with my kids just because they're people who are interesting and who have a place in society and um have views and personality to offer this world yeah and who um 
yeah, have a role to play uh, in their communities, you know, to have other to have other people engage with my children and explore that in them is really lovely to see. And I'm really grateful for it whenever I see it as well. Um, I don't know about others, but certainly as a kid, I, you know, think fondly of adults who would look me in the eye and say, how are you going? And actually yeah. engage with me and sort of respect me and not write me off um, yeah. as just a little kid or something like that to actually go, oh, you know, tell me about you yeah, um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that that's what we can experience in church as well, that people, yeah, you know, like you said, as teenagers, you're not going to necessarily engage well to your parents being like, oh, come on, how about you do this? How about you do that? But maybe if there's other adults who or other youth who are a bit older than them, go like, hey, there's this program or there's this mm. opportunity or experience. Come along, get involved. You can be, you know, um, a useful presence here. Yeah. That sort of thing I would really hope for my children as well because in the end I think that's what's going to really spur them on. Yeah. Oh, Let's do it. I'm getting quite yeah. emotional. Let's do it. <laughs> Good job, cool auntie. Yeah. <laughs> I will keep up that title yeah. as much as I can. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, Daniela, thank you so much for coming on today and having this chat. Um, it's certainly been pretty encouraging and insightful for me. And um, fun. Yeah. Let's live out our final youthful years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should do the like another episode. Yeah. <laughs> what to do with the old youth. <laughs> next time (laughs) that's the next chapter yes awesome thanks so much and yeah we'll catch you soon keep up the good work Jules thank you thank you thank you for listening to the Catholic Youth Podcast make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Cath Youth Adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information resources and events So this is the last episode we have for season one, guys. We've made it to episode 10. We'll be taking a break for a couple of weeks. For those of you who are feeling like doing a random act of kindness, I've got something to ask of you. We've put out a uh, feedback form that you can fill out to let us know how you're liking the podcast, what you're finding good and what you want to hear more of. If you're feeling like giving a random act of kindness, head over to the show notes um, to find the link and fill that out so we can get your feedback and make sure that the podcast is still meeting your needs. So until next season, we'll see you.